You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This one is a little bit special because I have yet another new co-host joining me today. Well, I guess not new because this is, I guess, Greg, I think you're breaking the record. I think outside of Darren, you've probably been on this podcast the most, which is pretty awesome because you're relatively new. But spoiler alert, Greg from the Austrian Oaks is going to be joining me to kind of cover the main podcast for the first time. So that's exciting. Everyone shit on Darren when he can for being an adult and actually doing his job. But before we jump into the main episode, I did want to cover and state that we are currently in open enrollment for a new co-owner to join the league with intentions of eventually taking over the Vatican City Cardinals. Yes, this is big, big news, and I understand that it's uh, obviously sad. You never want to see a turnover or anything like that, but I definitely want to open it up to the public first. By public, I mean PDL members, because I trust all of you guys, and then I could also extrapolate and do uh, a little bit of searching on my own, which I feel like we've had a pretty good hit rate, and it's kind of symbolic that... Greg, you're joining me while I make this announcement because you are the last person I recruited when I um, needed to find another uh, person to be able to enter the league. So uh, can you I'm just going to put you on the spot because we didn't talk about this. But what was your experience uh, applying and getting into this league? I know we talked about this before in the podcast before, but uh, a little bit of a refresher since whoever is going to be joining this league eventually will probably most likely go to through a very similar route as you did. Uh, I think after the redraft year was over last time, like last year, I think I talked about this after redraft was over, I was kind of bored and just wanted to do something. So I decided I wanted to go into dynasty and I was looking at the like Reddit find a league stuff. And I think you had posted purposely in the off season to find the real degenerate people. Oh yeah. Um, like the ad. And then it was like a Google sheet with like open answer things. And I don't know, I spent like 10 minutes typing up just a heartfelt, you know, deep from my soul response. And then you reached out and asked where you were asked me uh, where I lived. And I said, Europe. And you were like, fuck this. And then <laughs> you blocked me. And then all the other candidates were so terrible. You came crawling back like a week later. You piece of shit. You came back. <laughs> and now, and now I'm here taking Darren's job. Oh, and you're not going to finish here because eventually you're going to become the commissioner of this whole damn thing while you're at no, it. But no, um, <laughs> no, too much work. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, yeah, it, it's just like this little application process. Greg was able to obviously get in, but there was definitely concern when he said Europe. And I remember vouching hard for you to the FFC at the time saying, I think this should be it. And Darren was one of the ones that uh, had that concern. And I was like, hey, no, like out of all the answers and just kind of sending them some short answers, this and that, I think this is the guy. And luckily we uh, were really fortunate. And now you're kind of making us eat it, or I'm sure you will as this rebuild continues in Austria. But yeah, I'm really excited to kind of see where this path goes. It's I'm not excited for how much work goes into this because now I'm going to have to make another Google sheet that I want to update to kind of reflect the PDL a little bit better, this and that. But anyway, if any of you guys know someone, a friend, family member, or someone that would be interested in joining the league, definitely let me know. And once again, like I said, I will prioritize them up at the top. 
So with that out of the way, let's just dive into it. This is going to be interesting because normally we record these episodes on Monday. So we don't really know the outcome of technically all the games fully. But because we are recording on Tuesday and we are also going to be releasing this as soon as we finish recording, we know the exact outcomes. And there were some close butt-clenching games uh, that occurred. So it's really nice that we have the full result. So just to uh, jump off, um, why don't we kind of cover your game, Mr. Greg? The Austrian Oaks, unfortunately, fell short. And by fell short, I mean fell really, really short because you guys didn't even score 30 points. And Steve was able to pick up the victory to move over to seven and three. And you get a little bit more comfortable with uh, trying to lock up that 101 for next year or the Bijan lottery ticket. But um, I don't want to put any spoiler alerts, but I know next week's game is going to be a little bit uh, something that's going to be more interesting for the rest of the league. But for as far as this week goes, um, you were up against Steve, I'm sure. Uh, actually, I would love to get your insight. When you're playing someone that isn't, um, I guess, Josh, do you even look at the scoreboard like if you're playing against anyone or do you just kind of glance at just Josh's scoreboard the entire time? Um, I mean, I watch like, well, unfortunately, I have to watch Houston Texans games uh, <laughs> for Mills. Oh, but no. Generally, I just watch my other, my like redraft league where I'm you know actually competitive. Um, here, I mean, Steve tried to like make it a match. He played like some mental games where he was like, I'm in the lead already. Um, before it started, I think I was up by three points or something, but luckily my schmuck players stayed schmucks and they only scored, uh, like 26 points. So, or, I mean, I'm sorry. I definitely wanted to win, but, uh, unfortunately it just didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't work I actually out don't me. think I've ever seen anyone's bench literally score zero points. Like just none. Oh, did I get actually, oh, there's no, okay. Yeah. There's yeah, actually say- no points on my bench. Yeah, literally none. You actually won the most efficient manager this week because you got the max amount of points you possibly could. 100%. They should probably look into that. That might not be the best metric, <laughs> I think. Hey, but you're taking home some hardware. You're winning some awards. You are the most efficient. But just to cover this a little bit more, Steve just lost Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I know he was... Um, attentive and conscious and things like that over at the sidelines. It was very scary when it did occur. Uh, we're not sure as of this moment, or at least I'm not sure how long he may be out, but I'm definitely assuming he's going to be out at least for a game at a minimum. So that is going to cause uh, the Denver to kind of reach for a little bit more depth, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he'll probably be okay. I mean, he picked up Robbie Anderson, so that's a stud. You know, he picked him up from <laughs> me. Uh, like, Slayton's been okay. Like Chanel can go in there. Like Joku might be back. Maybe you can put him in the flex. Mm-hmm. Not sure mm-hmm. if he can move stuff around, but I don't expect Juju to be out that long. Like I know those concussions look bad, but I think maybe this is because I watched too much MMA, but like it, it's the, how bad it looks is not necessarily in line with the severity of the concussion. So mm-hmm. just like when they have the fencing response, it can be bad, but it can also be, you know, back in like a week or two. So I don't know. We'll see like one, maybe two weeks. I don't think he's going to be gone for that long. So it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a really good point. Once again, moving up to seven and three is really, really comfortable. I feel like he all he pretty much already solidified himself into the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see what Denver is going to do once they're there. See how deep that they can go. And so we are going to move on and we'll cover the other big game that you're always probably looking forward to. And the Vatican City Cardinals almost got one, right? They snuck up so close. They only lost by, like, what, less than four points, it seems. 
to the Wichita Whirlwind. Jeff was able to put one together, break back to 500, but it was a butt clencher, and he needed every single point that he got from Tua Tagovailoa, who scored 29. Aaron Jones dropped a solid 22. And of course, Dalton Schultz was also able to deliver, but I feel like the person that, or the elephant in the room, really, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire right now, just kind of with the makeup in Wichita. I think, what, I saw a stat where he only got like four snaps. Is that right? I think he's done. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, he had two targets, like no catches. He didn't catch any of them. <laughs> no rushing. Like, yeah, I think he's pretty much phased out. I, I don't expect, unless there's an injury, I don't expect he's going to be relevant. I don't think he's startable at all going forward. But there was a little bit of hope for Wichita because Julio Jones kind of came alive for like that one big catch. Uh, I know it was over in Germany too, so it's kind of hard to take a lot away, but seeing a little bit of a pulse there has to be a little bit exciting, and they're also going to be getting back Keenan Allen soon, I think. So I know losing Clyde Edwards-Alaire really sucks because he did trade for him earlier this season, but also being able to get back Keenan Allen and uh, maybe a little semblance of a little bit of Julio Jones, that's got to help out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he had a bad bad bye week this week. Like Higgins was out, Meyer, Davis, Stevenson. I mean, he had a lot on bye, so I think he'll be okay moving forward as long as you just can't keep Clyde in the lineup. I know he's a Chiefs fan, but he got to get rid of him. Like, he can't be in there. Hey, luckily, he was still able to squeeze out that victory, so that was great. I'm sure you were a little bit disappointed because I'm sure you are the biggest Vatican City Cardinals fan right now. I didn't even know it was close. I went to bed. Like, I didn't. I thought Brian Robinson was going to score two points. I don't know. Like, I went to bed, didn't think it was close, and I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, damn, Jeff's like, I think he was sweating at the end there. I, I don't know. <laughs> If he made the uh, right swap with Matt Stafford, maybe he was able to do it. I'm trying to guess who he probably would have put in. It's hard to speculate. I don't know if Westbrook Akine, you think that's who he would have put in? Or do you think he would have tried to play it safe with maybe like an Austin Hooper? Because he probably knew he wouldn't get goosed then. Not saying that he definitely would have gotten goosed with Westbrook Akine. But um, I think regardless, it would have definitely helped a lot better than just getting someone that got him zero so he definitely could have won here but uh looks like Wichita does find a way yeah I think Jeff I mean he's in the hunt there like he I think he's pretty solidly now back with the pack I think after a pretty terrible start he was what I think 10th place for a while so Mm -hmm. I think he's still got to be happy with where he is yeah absolutely being able to string together wins after only having I think he only had like one win like four weeks in or something like that so uh being able to just jump out the way that or jump back the way he has has to be really really encouraging but to continue uh, I think this was one of the runner-ups I believe to the game of the week and it's the Murphy Street Empire versus the Carolina Thunder and unfortunately for Darren I believe he was the second highest scoring team this week and he just happened to go up against the highest scoring team this week, which was the Murphy Street Empire. And when you talk about MSC, I think the top thing you just have to talk about is the revelation that's happening in Chicago right now with Justin Fields. I mean, he just dropped 40 points. And say what you will, but he has been essentially a stabilizer, the backbone, the really the momentum shift that he kind of needed. Because I know right now, obviously, Murphy Street Empire has the best record in the PDL, but on this podcast, at least, we've been memeing them, saying, oh, he has such an easy schedule, such an easy... Well, guess what? The schedule gods were not kind to Max this week because, once again, he did go up against the second-highest scoring team, but his team delivered the goods. So this is a second week in a row where Justin Field scored over 40 points, 
and his third in a row over 30 points in general. So he's on absolute fire, could be a potential league winner, and he just happens to be on the defending champions team. Uh, what are your thoughts in uh, Justin Fields' fantasy output for at least the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the running back one rest of the season. Unbelievable. Well, I, I thought he ran for more yards, but I was off. He threw for 167 yards, but he added 147 rush. So he's just 20 yards off, but he's just been un- like a cheat code, essentially. I think he's sixth in rushing yards. Like yeah, not just for overall for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> almost in the top five. Like that's just uh, that's a cheat code. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I I don't know. I I have a hard time believing in him. I don't know. Like he's passed for two hundred yards once. I mean, Lamar wasn't this bad. Like I I don't know. Like I'm I think he'll be really good for the rest of the year, honestly, because I think defenses aren't going to be able to adjust that quickly uh, against him, and he has some. I mean, he plays Atlanta. Oh, the Jets have been okay. Like Green Bay, I think, has half their team injured. Then he's on bye. Then Philadelphia, Buffalo. But like Ooh, the, yeah, that the championship week, rough. he's against Detroit, so, who he just scored 42 points on. So that looks nice. Uh, but I know it's heresy to – like the, the community was out on Justin Fields like four weeks ago. They're like Justin Fields is terrible, wouldn't trade him for third. And now they're like, I think he's QB – I don't know, seven or something on keep track cut six. I don't know. He's like way up there. So I, the whole community did a, a 180 on him. Yeah. It's funny because there are definitely a lot of stands. I believe in him all along. So I feel like the faith once he's finally able to produce kind of causes a really strong emotional reaction. But once again, Murphy's your empire, 177 points. I mean, that's making a statement. That's a lot. I know we've been spoiled a lot with um, Murphy straight and myself breaking 200 points earlier this season, but that's an anomaly that shouldn't be expected. And I feel like if you score almost 180 points in a given week, that is unbelievable. So yeah, he did it without Taylor, a tight end too. He didn't even play a tight end this week. So <laughs> oh boy, elephant in the room. But can you actually uh, give a little bit of insight on that? nugget of wisdom that you dropped in the pdl chat in case they don't know what we're talking about right now no i just um i was bored today and i decided that well i don't know what max did to piss me off but i you just, <laughs> I just woke I was up in a meeting violence and no so what's happened is i traded for for pits in my other league and i knew he was crap and then i was like i was like how bad is he and then i just know i know that max keeps playing him every week hoping for something and i was like but max also collects tight ends like he he loves collecting them so I was like, what if Max played another tight end all year? And then I put together the chart and like, if you include Robert Tunyon, I think Pitts was the highest scoring tight end on his roster, 10% of the game so far, like one out of 10. I mean, it's it's not good. Like Conklin would have been better for most, I think all except one or two games this year. So I don't know. He's, he's just a liability. Like they need a new quarterback. That offense is... It's worse than it's it's worse than watching the Texans because at least the Texans are like behind in games and trying to catch up. Like Atlanta doesn't do that at all. <laughs> Atlanta so could boring. be down by like three possessions and they're still running it. Yeah, and even when they pass, he had eight. Pitts had eight targets this week in two receptions. Like Mariota is not good, and but they're going to be too good. To they're going to have too many wins to get one of the top quarterbacks. So I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're winning Maybe so many agent? meaningless games, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Them and the Panthers are trying to like 
ruin each other's tanks by losing <laughs> to each other. They just want to be mediocre forever. Yeah, I don't know. The Panthers are, seem like worse now, but I don't know what Atlanta's going to do long term. But anyway. Yeah, so unfor- or I guess fortunately for Murphy Shore Empire, they, they were able to score 177 points despite being forced to start Kyle Pitts. But overall, this team is still looking really, really strong. Obviously, the best record undoubtedly right now in the PDL, the only team that is 9-1. and one. And so it should be really fun for them. But finally, Darren's team is waking up a little bit. It looks like his team has delivered the goods two weeks in a row, getting a little bit of consistency. C.D. Lamb finally had, I think this had to have been his best game he's ever had in his career. I mean, 11 catches on 15 targets for 150 yards, two touchdowns. That is, that's as good as it gets. Hawkinson looks like he's definitely leveled up since going over to the Vikings and especially being tight end premium. I mean, seven catches, 45 yards. That's not very great. But once again, in tight end premium, that's fantastic. And uh, I think overall, this team is uh, doing a lot better than a lot assumed. I mean, I I think going into the year, people assumed. Oh, that, that he was would be a lot good. more hyped up. Yeah, I mean, it's got to feel bad for him that he wasted CD Lamb's only good game in his career. So, I mean, <laughs> so it's over now. It's it's all downhill from here. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna put up six points next week or something. It's, it's and he's, he's gonna to like earth. it. That's a CD Lamb experience. Dak Dak loves Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup and not CD Lamb. It's odd because a lot of times I haven't admittedly watched as many Dallas games as I should have to kind of keep a good eye on a rival. But anytime I do watch, I feel like anytime Dak throws the CD, I just feels like oh, I just got to I just got to throw it to this guy and then I'm just going to throw it to all my other guys. I actually want to just to get this out of the way kind of thing. I'm sure that's just a made up vibe. But once again, it's still nice to kind of finally get the performance that. Everyone in the fantasy community has been waiting for, especially Darren. Uh, but unfortunately for him, once again, he does fall. But I mean, he might be trying to make a push for that wild card spot now because once again, he just has to score really highly. It doesn't matter what his record is, and he's kind of doing it at the right time. Four more weeks, and if he continues to be one of the top scorers in the league, he might be able to close the gap enough where he might be one of the favorites for that wild card spot. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, he's what sixty points behind Jeff. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's surmountable for sure. But like, what we have four weeks left, five weeks left, four weeks left. Um, so I mean, he's got a. I mean, that's that is still a lot to make up in four weeks because you assume he's not going to outscore Jeff every week of those four. So I think he really has to have some big performances, or he has to get in on his record. So uh, I'm not sure. It's going to be tight. Like he needs to really score a lot everything he's gonna have to score 140 every week i think to probably make up that difference because he only made up 15 on jeff this week yeah no that's a really really good point but i think all Darren needed to hear is just i think there's a chance there's a shot there you might be able to win your very first playoff game still this year do you think he's like he's thinking about that even or like, do you think he just has all pressure off to even make the playoffs this year? No, nah, I, I, I think he's. I think he's like done. I think after he lost Javante and everything, and kind of like speaking to him and things like that, I think every win he gets is kind of just icing on the cake. But he's kind of just more focused on the three first that he has coming up. He's hurting but his draft know. spot. I know he is losing draft spot, so I know he would he wouldn't mind losing. But so I think he's just kind of like happy to be there. Like if he continues to lose, that's fine because then he'll have a better draft pick. If he somehow gets into the playoffs somehow. Um, that would also be kind of cool because then he'll be like, wow, um, 
he still would have that record of making the playoffs every single year being the only owner to ever claim that title and that is on the line so i feel like uh either way he can't lose out well i guess being mediocre like playing really really well and then not making the playoffs like that would suck but i feel like i don't know how much that would change his draft position from where he is now to being in that position i mean he could i think theoretically be in sixth place by next week maybe i mean he could jump up three spots there's a whole i mean there's four teams that are five and five or four mm-hmm. and six mm-hmm. so he yeah. could get in on record even yeah, not many teams like in that middle are really pulling away. So that's why one week could really shift things. But he is absolutely still in the playoff picture, sitting at four and six. And I don't think Darren would have believed us when uh, just like a few weeks ago where he was so defeated. Once again, that Watson curse could be lifting. We'll see where it goes. But let's move on to another matchup, all the all Oregon matchup. Once again, the Dallas drip, Southern, yeah, Southern Oregon smoke. Wow, I guess this is an upset because, uh, man, Dallas Strip just picked up their third win of the season. It's unbelievable that only one win separates both of these teams because the trajectory of both of these teams were very, very different at the beginning of this season. And so I'm sure Welch loves the bragging rights, but this might have been the final straw to break the camel's back because as we have seen, Things, the vibes out of Southern Oregon has been battle. Like, it's like the Oakland Raiders, if the Oakland Raiders were in the PDL, is what Southern Oregon vibes are. I'm not trying to compare the two as a franchise, but just kind of what's happening, what I'm hearing from Mike, has not been too positive, which is unbelievable because it's a team that has so many superstars, like a Josh Allen, a Ken Walker, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle. The list goes on and on. And so they did fall short to, of course, the Dallas drip and this is even after them um playing i believe what is this malcolm brown who did apps who, who dropped nothing and he was still able to overcome the odds but i think a lot of it had to been more of the disappointment side on um of course mike's side but what what are some takeaways here greg because there's just uh, there's just so much here i think it, i mean welch is probably happy because he gets bragging rights and also i don't think it changes the fact that he's going to be the third pick like i don't think He's catching up to Darren or Mike even. I don't think he would. So I think he's probably happy. Mike is in, I don't know, a free fall right now. Like his team is so good, but I think it shows the the importance of Superflex. And mm-hmm. like he had the best quarterback room going into the league or going By into the season. Like, yeah, pretty easily. And then just absolutely devastated. Like he traded Mills away, who's not that great. I mean... He's my player, but he's not that great. Uh, but he would still be much better than putting a wide receiver or something. You know, he got 1.9 points out of Superflex this week from Dotson. Like, you you can't do that and be competitive even if you have – he has two wide receiver ones. Like, Kenneth Walker's a running back one now, and he has the quarterback one in Josh Allen. Like, you, you can't get away with that. So I think injuries have just really destroyed his season more than anything else. Like, I don't think it's bad draft picks or bad trading. It's just – he lost Lance and Jones has been injured as well. Yeah, I don't know. I think if, if those guys weren't injured, he probably wouldn't have made some of the trades to acquire draft capital and he probably would have had a stronger roster throughout the year anyway. But I think he's pretty much written his season off anyway. I completely agree with you. I feel like after kind of just hearing the narrative of what's happening to his team and just kind of seeing him speak in the chat it definitely does feel like he's kind of throwing that towel in. And at first that would be 
devastating for him just because of how all in his team looked like because he didn't really have much draft capital at least for 2023 but since then he has recouped and got back in um i know he at least has a first he has my first round pick uh for the 2023 draft and he has uh josh's second which is essentially almost a first round pick and so i feel like he definitely has a little bit more capital to kind of lessen the blow if you will with kind of how things are going right now obviously vibes aren't that good but this is an optimal situation like you mentioned over for welch because unfortunately uh for eagles fans uh it looks like dallas goddard's going to be out for a couple of weeks and that sucks but i feel like that's great for welch because he is able to get this win for bragging rights and now his team just got worse, which is still good for him because his draft position shouldn't really be impacted like you kind of prefaced a little bit before this but Kind of seeing what you're seeing out of Tony Pollard. Um, I'm just really glad that Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones and kind of forces everything with Ezekiel Elliott because he's clearly better than Zeke. Um, Greg, I know you're a longtime listener of the show and me- Zeke has essentially become a meme on this podcast, but uh, it's a no brainer. Pollard over Zeke, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like you guys meme it and stuff, but like I don't think Pollard, by his own admission, he didn't want to carry the ball that much like what was it two weeks ago or something he's like he's like that was enough like i i don't need any more work it was too much um i think this week like if he if he feels like that and then he gets 22 carries this week if he had that like multiple weeks i don't know if he can handle that like Zeke can uh i mean he's more efficient but i don't know if any of them are in the long-term uh plans for the cowboys honestly like i could see a certain running back from texas going to Dallas and being the new Zeke. My goodness, would that be such a Dallas Cowboys pick, man? Oh, Jerry, Jerry would be so happy. He would probably do it just for the jersey sales. <laughs> like right now, he doesn't even need Viagra. He oh, just kind of looks at Bijan clubs. He's like, oh, what if he's a Dallas Cowboy? And while he's salting up his McGriddle, uh, obviously I need to let you know I'm awful with accents. You would think that Someone who had a heavy Korean accent would be at least somewhat flexible in the different other accents I could dip in. Dude, it's awful. It's, it's bad. I mean, have you been to Texas? I don't know. You've been I, to Texas or heard anyone from Texas no, ever speak. I, <laughs> the closest thing I get are references from television. And as you know, I watch no television. So I'm coming at this with almost no context. Sandy Cheeks, right? From SpongeBob? She's, she was from Texas. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, see, see, look, I, I'm bussing. I'm, I'm hip. That's what kids say. But I don't I'm think just, you did that. I don't think you even copied that accent. No, trust me. I, I made myself vulnerable for you, and I, and I told you something in trust, and I feel attacked. So I'm upset that, that I can't go back and listen to it now. <laughs> oh, I, I sure as hell not going to go back and listen to that. But let's move on and talk about um, another really, really close game. Philadelphia was able to beat the Dubrovnik Dragons. They are able to move to 500, 5 and 5, and the Dragons are I'm not saying they're free falling because they are 6 and 4, one of the better teams honestly, one of the higher scoring teams as well. But um I'm sure Brett was definitely a little bit disappointed not being able to pull this one out. Um but overall, what are some of the takeaways that you see here because like I said, the Yaws definitely play the PDL and Dynasty as of its redraft. So I feel like they think every single season is down to one week. And so they want to go as hard as they can to win. And I've never seen them ever lose this many games this 
I wouldn't say early in the season because I mean we're almost done with only four weeks left, but they are um they have the best win percentage ever in the PDL, and it's essentially because they try so hard to win. And so it's really nice for them to be able to pick this one up. But Brett has to be a little bit disappointed, huh? I think they said in the chat, like, I think Kevin was like, yeah, I needed this more than you. And Brett was like, yeah, probably. But I also think Brett's team is now like Ertz is out for probably ever. Maybe his career. Like, I mean, Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's coming back. Well, he's not coming back this year. And even next year might not be. Like he already lost a step. And yeah. now this looks like a long-term injury. I, and I don't want to speculate and say he's going to lose another step, but it's realistic that he's getting another year older, going to be harder to recover from. And this could honestly be a death toll. Maybe not complete career ender, but at least for fantasy relevance, you'd have to kind of think that the chances of him coming back to contribute to even what he was just this year, which was not that great, um, is still not looking too hot. Yeah, and Fournette looks, I mean, he's listed as doubtful now, but they said maybe he'll be ready by week 12. But I mean, even then, like, did he lose his job? He might not even be the starter, or they might be in like a real time split with Rashad White going forward. I don't know. Ooh, what like, are your thoughts on uh, Heineke? Um, did he? Did he? Is they were saying that Carson Wentz is coming back next week? Um, and the Commanders just beat the Eagles. Was that enough, or do you think Rivera is going to be like, nope, it's Wentz? Well, we're completely off topic. We're not even talking about Steve's team now. Oh, oh man! Oh no, he didn't play Heineke this week. That's why. Also. Yeah, that's that's why I'm yeah. trying to bring it up. But I don't know, like Heineke, I don't know. So I don't see these games because they're on late at night. So <laughs> you're kind of asking <laughs> questions that I don't have any info on. But like, I would imagine that Heineke bought another game. Probably they can probably roll with like, well, maybe Wentz isn't ready yet. Like, give him another week to heal up. That kind of stuff. I mean, for fantasy, I think Wentz is better unless you're. The Yows who have uh, Terry McLaurin, who he just Heineke just chucks the ball to Terry on every play. It doesn't matter like what's happening. He's like, "Where's McLaurin?" and he just chucks it. Yeah, that's exactly how the game went, <laughs> and it worked. Like McLaurin scored a bunch of points. So I yeah, mean, who he's just throwing like prayer bombs over. But you you do bring up a really good point. Do you think the Dragons are going to have enough depth to kind of make up? Um, you know, the loss of Ertz, which is going to be obviously long term, and now the potential loss of Fournette. Um, Hollywood should be back in a couple weeks, I guess. I mean, he should definitely be back before the playoffs. And I think Brett will have enough to make the playoffs, even if he sort of like limps in. And then Hollywood, now if Ertz is gone, like he should have a decent target share, I think, if he can come back and it's not mm-hmm. gimped too much from the foot, I guess. Uh, I think that's his like his hope is that he can kind of pick be, up where he left off yeah, because he Brown was back, dominant but, before he left. Yeah. But I think like outside of that, he can't keep getting all of his players injured. It's just not going to work. So he needs Hollywood back and then to just stop losing players. Cause he has Kelsey who's scoring. Like, I think he might be the wide receiver one or two on the year. If you converted him to wide receiver, like he's been really good. He's been- yeah, he's been unbelievable. I'm counting right now. He has had five games of over 20 points, and he had one game where he scored 19, so it could have very easily have been six, and he also has a 30-point game. And Travis Kelsey has always been the cheat code for Brett's team. 
Um, he's always been that huge difference maker that a lot of teams can't even overcome. But unfortunately for this week, Travis Kelsey tried his best, but um, Higby almost neutralized him a little bit by scoring 15. So I think that is kind of indicative of why he didn't get to pull away as much. Um, yeah, I, don't but think I, definitely- he, I don't think the loss hurts him as much as the injuries this week. Like I think Brett is probably more upset about losing players than he is losing the week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, Kelsey is he scored six more points than Tyreek Hill this year in our scoring format so that's huge yeah he's absolutely the ace up that team sleeve but now the vibes get a little bit better for Philly now though right um even in a week where Austin Eckler scores less than 10 points and Montgomery scores less than five they're still able to pull out the dub and I think a lot of it actually has to come through his wide receivers, uh, which actually contribute to a pretty decent week this week. And so it kind of positions them pretty well. But um, what are your thoughts on Philadelphia's vibes? Um, I mean, hopefully, like, the you'd like to see Eckler score more. And Herbert, I mean, if, if Herbert himself. doesn't get back to form, like, I don't think they have a chance. Like, he has to start playing. Like, he has to get mm-hmm. Mike Williams back. I don't know when he's coming back. Like, Keenan Allen's been... Injured, like MIA? I don't know if he's coming back. Like yeah, milk like, carton missing. Yeah, but he's there, and they keep kind of like teasing him, like he's gonna try warm ups, <laughs> like pregame, like maybe maybe he'll play this week, and then he never plays. Um, so I mean, with I think their team goes as Herbert goes, and it's not been going so far. So I don't know. Like I think you, they got to be happy with getting like a big game out of Gabe Davis, who I would have expected to be terrible this week because of Josh Allen sort of being gimped, gimped arm. Mm-hmm. But he only ended up six for ninety three and one, so he had a good week. But Higby's also been like quietly. The difference between Higby in PPR and standard is insane. Seven in PPR <laughs> and nineteen in standard. Like he just catches the ball for five yards like eight times a game, and that's all he does. No touchdowns. Yeah, and the volume could definitely go up for him for sure, especially with the loss of Cooper Cup for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I think the volume could go up or that team could just be completely awful and no one scores any points at all. Like defenses <laughs> just completely shut them down without cup. I think that's also a possibility. Like, I don't know if Allen Robinson is going to no. be able to step up like Van Jefferson's still recovering. Skaronic. I mean, it's scary to think of what that offense can look like with Cooper cup because it was already terrible with Cooper cup. Yeah, I, I think they're done, and they don't even have a first-round pick, so Shut it like, all I don't down, know how think? they improve. And then I don't think they have cap space either, so like, what are they going to do with this offensive line? Yeah, it's this is definitely the year where they're going to feel a lot of heat because I, I think a lot of it also has to tie back with how Stafford regressed so hard from that weird injury, I guess, is what we could blame it on. But overall, his performance has just been horrible. But I think he's he's just under pressure all the time and he's not like he's not young enough to run around a bunch and he's been injured so many times in his career like i don't think he wants to get hit anymore and yeah you can just see he kind of looks like ben at the end of his career where he was Mm -hmm. like you can tell like he just doesn't want to get hit even though he's a big guy and he can take it like he's just he's kind of done he's like i'm too old for this shit so (laughs) i i don't know like do you think Stafford retires like if there's no future for this team, like if he sees I, that and is he like, I'm just, I had the money, Super Bowl, peace out. Yeah, I actually think that there might be like a mass retiring in 
LA. Is that like too dramatic to say? Because Aaron Donald almost already retired this past year and he said he wanted to run it back and obviously it's not going to plan. And as we just mentioned, it does not look like the Rams are even going to be able to make the playoffs. I mean, that's like super out of the picture. So they might have to like really hang their cleats on this season. And if Aaron Donald leaves, why would Matt Stafford want to play anymore? And people have been weirdly speculating that uh, Sean McVay might retire at some point, which was kind of a surprise to me because of how young he is. But it might actually just be, oh, I'm retiring and then goes to the booth for a year and then comes back to another team that aren't going to be in a really bad cap spot. I think he said that himself, though, right? He said my lifespan with the team is like with tied with Stafford and Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald and, you know, this core group of guys. So So there's a really good chance that after this season, if I mean, if it continues to go as poorly as it is, like everyone just like gone. So do you think that plummets Cooper Cup's value? I think it has to. I mean, if Stafford's gone, yeah, because who John Wolford's a quarterback like (laughs) I, I don't want Stafford if Wolford's throwing them the ball, like, I mean, they'll get someone else, but they don't have a draft pick. So Jimmy G, Jimmy G could be throwing uh Cooper cup balls. I guess, but I don't know. Does that make you? No, that doesn't excited? get me all hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it's just like a neutral push, but yeah, I think um, it's something really interesting to kind of think about, especially if you have people on the Rams um, to kind of think about, all right, maybe is it time to move right now because you don't want to be caught holding the bag, I guess. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, with the trade deadline coming up to see if uh, what owners really do, because that's going to be interesting to see how they navigate it. But just for the sake of time, let's continue again. And the game of the week. Did it live up to the hype? The Hollywood Hustle beats my team. Um, it's kind of what I expected. I know I kind of made it a little bit anticlimactic for Brian. I don't want to take anything away from him. He beat me. I didn't just lose, but um, I was able to show up, delivered a solid 131. Hertz did his thing. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway, even though they won, it kind of have a bad taste in their mouth because of kind of what we just said. They are going to not have Cooper cut for a little while. He was just put on IR. So the vibes can't be feeling too good, especially because Debo Samuel, who was a huge difference maker for this team last year, it's kind of fallen a little bit flat. And obviously we don't even have to uh, mention Mark Andrews just yet because he hasn't really been delivering a lot with what people have expected either. So a huge, huge win for Hollywood, but, it has to feel a little bit anticlimactic as well because of those losses, right? I mean, I think you're two-faced because out in one hand, you talk about how you counted yourself out this week, and then all you did for like two days was like, like, please, Miles Sanders, please. Like you, Is you it really two-faced to hope that I win but expect to lose? Like, should I have – would it have just been like, oh, okay, I, I just lost, roll over. Oh, but Tommy, you still have my – oh, yeah, whatever. I think- like, I, I feel like the – fun of it is to still cheer and root but you can still be like oh no like if i know the eagles are gonna lose a game i'm not just not gonna watch and just be like ah fuck the eagles like well, oh, you got double screwed anyway. because the eagles lost and you lost so i know you i'm actually more helped. upset with the yeah. eagles loss uh and i did say that to a group message be like i'm not upset that i lost in the pdl because once again i expected to lose i hope i hope to win every single week but i, I expected to not lose. given up hope enough like you from someone who is just completely hopeless you know i i see you saying you've given up hope, but you still have hope in the back of your mind there. Like you, you have to be down here in the hopeless pit that I'm in. And then, then you, you know, despair, like there, there's no hope for me any week. And that's, I think we're talking about two different things. (laughs) I mean, I 
feel like any week where I expect to lose, there's always a chance, especially in fantasy football. Like there could have been like Jalen Hurts could have just gotten hurt like the first snap. And I would be like, oh, cool. I won. But I would have been surprised. I feel like just because I was cheering or hoping that I would, I don't think that really changes the perspective of how I felt beforehand. Like, like I said, when I lost week one to Max, I, I just I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely probably going to lose this. But if I if I won, that would have been cool. Same with this week. I, I've been saying I, I obviously you've been listening. But I've been complaining to Darren this whole time, like even like week six. I was like, oh, dude, week 10 is going to suck. Like I don't have Lamar or Burrow. And of course, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, yeah, could Christian McCaffrey pop off for 30? Could Derrick Henry drop a 40? Bur-? Yeah. But obviously, as I saw the week go on, it kind of confirmed like, OK, yeah, this is definitely not looking good because not only did Kamara and Henry both decide to pick the same week to disappoint and then George Kittle doing George Kittle things and not being involved in the offense. I pretty much stamped it. I was definitely surprised, though, that it was as close as it was. And so you are definitely correct there. Um, but I definitely was not expecting to uh, come out with a dub here. And you could even uh, ask Darren there because I know I text him a little bit more unfiltered things when it's just more personal. But yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting to get a dub here. I think it's worse when it's close. Yeah, like, I think so too. Because <laughs> that hope is definitely there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, Hurts could have gotten injured or I don't know. They've been blowing people out, but he still scores, what, like 20 I mean, to be fair, it was very lucky that it was this close because, I mean, Cooper Cup got less than two points and he was put on iron. Like, that's just not fair. That really sucks. And uh, I think that's why it was a lot closer than it seemed. I mean, I eventually lost by 11 points. Um, But like I said, I am I was actually genuinely pretty happy with kind of how things went outside of being really disappointed with the people on my team. But um, really still interested to see how things develop, because I think the biggest concern I have right now is uh, with the Raiders. (laughs) Because I never know what's happening with that. And like Devontae Adams is the biggest enigma for me because there'll be like a half where he's featured almost like too much. And then the next half, like they just don't even throw him the ball. So I get really, really confused. But I'm happy with any output that I get there. I mean, he has 14 um, targets. But are you are you concerned about Mitchell and McCaffrey? Because you own them both. So now you mm-hmm. like you're vulturing touches from your starter from your bench player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely am. Uh, I was really inter- intrigued to see how uh, involved Mitchell was, but I really think just by watching the film, it kind of made sense because Mitchell had that extra juice. It looked like he had the hot hand, and Shanahan probably noticed that as well. Be like, all right, we maybe we'll get him involved more, but maybe that's just blind optimism. Be like, oh, why are you lying to yourself? So I think it's going to be a little bit more of a harder pick because normally CMC is just uh, hardcore locked and loaded. Yeah, I'll probably get like eighteen from him. Uh, I mean, even in a down week, he scored 15 points, but and he touched the ball, what, like almost, yeah, 18 times. But in a week right after where he threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit concerned, but I, I, I'm i definitely not on red alert yet. Um, But I think the best thing to make me feel a little bit better by like the horrible week I had, not only did I lose in the PDL, but yes, the Eagles obviously lost. But I think the return of Lamar and Joe is going to make me feel a lot better because scoring 120 doesn't feel too great, especially because I feel like I was averaging like 160. Uh, But getting both of them back, um, even though Lamar has kind of been not as great as he was at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm still excited to kind of get a nice guaranteed floor with at least those two. Uh, no as respect to Jimmy. No respect to Jimmy for what he's <laughs> oh, done for man. your squad. Yeah. <laughs> he, okay, he did hold down the floor. I mean, almost 16 point. That's that's solid. No I, touchdowns. I, I'm happy with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, 
He didn't need to. He just keeps swinging. Didn't he have that absurd? What is his record? I'm sure you saw. What's his record in games where he doesn't throw a single touchdown? It's it's unbelievable. Like it, it's so good. Ten and two or something. I saw it online. I didn't see it in the game. <laughs> He's ten and two when he doesn't throw a touchdown. That's just oh the I think Jimmy it just G effect. Beats more to like how good the 49ers are that they don't even need. Like oh, we don't need to pass the ball. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just win. Exactly. Oh, why, why don't they just put or why don't they just put Christian McCaffrey as their quarterback just the entire game and just be like, all right, Christian, you could just throw the ball like six times. That's fine. We'll, I mean, we'll the Bucks tried to do that play and it didn't work so well. So. Oh yeah, when they threw it to Brady, dude, that was a mess. But all right, that wraps up everything we're recapping. But let's continue on and kind of make a little bit of predictions for next week. We have a fun slate of games. And I actually want to start. I know usually we start off by covering kind of worse than get to the best games. But Greg, because I have you here, I know in a way we would we always mean that your team is always the first team that we cover because you are that floating bye week. But your game has a little bit more of an importance this week because uh, you're up against uh, someone that you always keep a very close eye on. The only other team that is one and nine, the Vatican City Cardinals. Of course, this is more of a symbolic game, but it, this this is not even going to be close, is it? I mean, I'm going to do everything in my power to not score. I mean, the Jeff Saturday really helped me out by benching Sam Ellinger. So now I don't even have two quarterbacks. So I think that makes it... <laughs> much better like if Stafford doesn't play I don't think there's a chance I lose I don't know but I'm not taking any chances like I'm I'm really after this week I can start to like pick up some guys on waivers again and do whatever but this week I'm yeah completely gonna make sure that I play players who are playing the game but will have very low snap percentages (laughs) we'll see I feel like I feel like this is like what's the meme from like Mad Men where John Hamm is like uh, some guy's talking to John Hamm and he's like, I don't think about you at all. And that's me and Josh. Like I, Josh is living rent free in my head. Like I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be Josh. Like I can't lose the first over pick to him. And he like, doesn't even care. Cause he doesn't, doesn't have the pick. Like it doesn't matter at all. And this is all I've yeah. been thinking about for like eight weeks. To him, he's just like, Oh cool. I might get a win here. Might not. We'll see what happens. But to you, this is your super bowl. Yeah. This is my Bijan bowl. Well, I have good news for you. I think unanimously, um, you're definitely going to lose. So you're definitely going to be able to get Bijan. So I'm sure that uh, did fans already, are they allowed to start pre-ordering Austrian Oak Bijan jerseys? Or how is this working? Because I feel like for manufacturing, you probably should get a lot. Because I mean, your fans, they've had nothing to cheer for. I remember when they just purchased a bunch of Brandon Ayuk jerseys. I think you ran a special where they were allowed to return it. And then you gave them Davis Mill jerseys. But a lot of people are just like, no, I just want my money back. And I heard Oaks kind of made a simple, oh, sorry, the fine print. You could just exchange for jerseys. So I'm sure there's going to be, like, the levies are going to break once Bijan enters because finally they'll have someone to cheer for. I think you, you're, you like, talking some fake news here that I even have any fans. I don't think there's any <laughs> fans for my team. Excuse me, Austria, they have a diehard PDL fan base, and just by Stockholm Syndrome, they're just First being like, oh, I mean, league. the Oaks are here, I guess. First year in the league, I score twenty points a game. Like I, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone. There's interested. some masochists in Austria, man. People <laughs> built know. different over there. I'm, I'm doing Arnold a disservice, to be honest. Like I'm, I'm insulting him. I shouldn't even used that moniker. Like I don't deserve <laughs> it. One of my favorite clips outside of the one that you sent me is the one where he's smoking a cigar and he how he says, I can smoke anywhere because I'm a stud. I can't do accents. I we've already <laughs> that was kind of close. That was closer than my Texas one, huh? 
I'm mean, sorry. You could have made any other sound and it would have been closer than your Texas one. You could have moved like a cow and it would have been closer. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to listen back to this. Uh, everyone else, you can listen. But Greg, you specifically aren't allowed to listen back. And I'm sure Max is probably going to clip it. But anyway, this game should not be close. We already spent too much time covering this game. So we are going to continue and speak to a game that at least looks to be really, really close. It's the Denver Brews versus the Wichita Whirlwind. Right now, um, obviously, lineups may or may not have been adjusted, but it is favoring Steve just at 56%, though. And so it should be a really, really close game. I would love to hear your takeaways first, Greg. Yeah, I think I'll do this differently than Darren's weird, like, one point. Oh, you don't have to go system. down the line for all of them. You could, we yeah. only save that special opportunity for the game of the week. So we could, uh, yeah, we could definitely do some change ups. We could call Darren out because I, I tried calling him out. We talked about this. So I'm going to need your help to call him out again when the time comes. Yeah, I think Steve definitely has a big advantage this week because he has two quarterbacks. Like he has Mahomes and, well, I mean, Wilson barely counts, but um, he at least has two quarterbacks, whereas two is on by. And um, I mean, does Winston maybe play? I don't know if you Winston have plays. To think so, right? Like you, ha- he has to. I, I don't why, know. Why but he's keep still the injured. red rifle in there? I think he's. Well, he like he broke his back, which first off sounds pretty bad, and I think that takes more Doesn't than like even sound real. To, yeah, like my cousin did it once, and I was like, "Isn't that pretty serious?" He's like, "Yeah," <laughs> but he also hurt his foot. He like ruptured his foot something like mid foot bone or i don't know what happened but he had two injuries i think right now so i don't know if he's injured if he is gonna start over dalton like i don't know i haven't seen anything like apparently they've been saying he's fully healthy and they're choosing dalton so i i don't know but anyway if if winston plays maybe that's a little bit closer but it's still i mean mahomes versus any of them is gonna be edge to steve um and then running back again like Chubb and Barkley sleeper says Chubb's only going to have 13 points. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I think he's going to have a lot more than that. Um, even going against Buffalo, I think that game is Buffalo so- hasn't been doing the greatest at stopping the run. If anything, um, they've kind of been loosening up a little bit more the past handful of games, but I saw that there was snow in the forecast as well, Ooh, which would be fun Great for the but, run game. Yeah. More, more running at least maybe more fumbles, but I don't know. Um, so I think that the running back is definitely an advantage to Steve again. Wide receivers, though, I think Jeff is probably better here. Like, you know, I, I don't know if AJ Brown is like going to have lingering any issues from. I didn't see the injury, so I don't know if you can comment on what happened. Like, he hurt his ankle. Yeah. Um, when he came back, he was definitely still obviously not to himself, but, um, I mean, overall the entire offense was not themselves, but yeah, he kind of got uh, bumped up and he was kind of limping and you could kind of tell in the field, he was not as smooth or as, I wouldn't say quick cause he's not the super quickest guy, but powerful. Yeah. He just didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have that power. He didn't have that like gallop. Like he yeah, does he runs when like he he's going to run through a wall at any point. I know it's it's um, like he's not fast, but he, I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't want to step in. That's like a train. I, I, I don't want to touch that. But yeah, he, I feel like he definitely is going to be recovering a little bit from that injury. But at the same time, I don't think it's that severe. OK, yeah. But I mean, still like Olave is a great receiver, but he's dealing with the quarterback conversation we just Relax. talked about. So I'm not sure. Um, and then overall, I think it's pretty even like they they both have some guys like Schultz can go off. You know, Knox can catch a touchdown. If Njoku comes back, he can be involved. Thielen's been pretty disappointing, I think, after being so consistent for years. I think he's kind of, he's not catching the touchdowns. And then 
if that's not happening. I mean, he made the right move, right? Because I think he used to have Clyde in there, and he kind of subbed them out for Thielen now. Yeah, and then he has Mooney in there, too, who's been looking better. Like, the, the whole offense has been looking better. And then he has Aaron Jones, who just went off for, like, 20-something points. So he's pretty good. But he's going up against Russell Wilson in the Superflex. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just advantage to Steve from the star players. I think the depth guys are pretty much pretty equal, I'd say, for both sides. But the, the superstars give the advantage to, to Steve. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Steve here for what you kind of said at the top. It is a quarterback-driven league, and the PDL is no different, especially after we also added the six-point uh, passing touchdowns. And I think the combo of Mahomes and Wilson is much superior to Daniel Jones plus a- anyone else that he puts in that yeah, Aaron flex Jones position. Now, but... Yeah, Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones is great, but uh, Russell Wilson, Broncos have been pretty much begging and looking for a game where the offense could have any semblance of exploding. What better time to do that than against a crumbling Raiders? So I feel like maybe do you think if the Denver explodes against the Raiders, like absolute, like scores 40 points on them, do you think that's the game that finally gets Josh McDaniels fired? Um, Or do you think that uh, because it's Gruden, he has a good relationship with McDaniels. He's just going to stick with them. I mean, I read quotes that they're sticking with him like through next year anyway, although that doesn't mean that much. But I think also like, you know, um, the Raiders don't have that much money. Like, I don't know how much they can afford to like pay all these different guys. Like, you That's can't true, be paying coaches pay and not coach. Daniels. Yeah, it's all guaranteed money too, right? Yeah, and they're, well, they're paying Gruden still, I think, right? Yeah, they are. Oh, no, I think they, I think, um, no, I think they actually took a settlement. Yeah, but it was okay. obviously well, they still have to pay a lot of money. And yeah, Davis is the one of the poorest owners in the league. Yeah. But anyway, like, I'm, I mean, maybe they get going. They just look not good. It's like a, stop, a stoppable force meets a movable object. Like, I don't know who's going to look worse, the Raiders defense or the Broncos offense. <laughs> I really can't say. Yeah, I think that's fair. It should be uh, interesting because, watch, we're both going to be disappointed. It's just just going to be a shit show, and it's going to be exactly what we expect. But I don't know why. I just finally feel that Russell Wilson's finally going to put together something where the offense finally scores more than, like, what, 18 points? I think I saw a stat. If they just scored 18 points, they'd be 8-1 and right now. If they scored 18 points every single game. That tells you how bad they've been. Yeah, I know, I know. There's no logic into it, but I just feel like in my gut, like, I mean, it's I think it's because we just have this thing in our head of like he's a top five quarterback and he's always a top five quarterback and then yeah and he's always that is gonna change like he he's had it until he doesn't have it anymore it's gonna be this game it's gonna happen okay Okay. more more than all right i'm not gonna say 40 points he's gonna they're gonna score more than more than 25 points is is that too is that too low of a line no no that's not too low of a line that's like an explosion for them i don't think they're gonna score 25 points I think Max Crosby has three sacks. Ooh, okay, well, that's just that's just saying something that will happen because he's just great. But anyway, let's continue. Let's continue. Cover a game that was in contention for the game of the week but fell short. It is myself and Darren. Darren's team has been um, pretty hot, but I feel like this one's going to be a little bit easier, unfortunately for me, just because, or I guess fortunately for me, unfortunately for Darren, because it looks like Brady is on by, but hey, silver lining. I believe the Panthers just announced that Baker Mayfield is going to start. So kind of good timing there, right? I mean, 
is it good timing? Like, I would you rather start someone else? I'd rather start like a wide receiver over Baker Mayfield, probably. But, <laughs> but at least he has a quarterback to put in right now. Because I know the last time we had the argument, well, he has two. This one team has two quarterbacks. This one team does not. So obviously the edge gets here. So at least you can feel a little bit confident knowing that there is another quarterback that gets to uh, kind of be in there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're using your my own argument against me because I don't know that I consider his two quarterbacks to be quarterbacks. But <laughs> that's also they fair. Are technically that's really on the depth fair. chart as quarterbacks so that is correct although if i'm comparing him to your two quarterbacks that's not really the same thing um and he also has etn on by brady like you said uh so yeah i don't know like it's definitely you're gonna be the favorite i don't think it's gonna be particularly close um maybe rondell catches some passes now that Ertz is gone i mean he's been catching a lot but you know, not a lot of touchdowns, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I can't see him overcoming that quarterback gap at all, frankly, even ignoring the fact that your the rest of your roster is better than the rest of his roster. Do you think it's a coincidence that the week that Darren and I play each other, he just conveniently can't be on this podcast? You think maybe a little conspiracy theory there? Tinfoil I don't know. I, what are you accusing him of? I don't know. I, I just don't think he is. He yeah. You? No, wow. I don't think he is at all. I don't think he is. <laughs> He's going to be like, no, obviously, Tommy, you're going to win. Um, but no, it would have been fun to kind of just pick at him um, because I know Brian was like, come on, Tommy, you've earned the right to be a little bit more cocky. But I said, no, no, I don't think so. And of course, finally, when I give it, I'm like, you know what? I will lean in. Then my team just obviously loses and the Eagles also lose. And now I'm just really depressed. So now I'm just kind of rolling over like a dog. But at least this game should be a get right game. Um, barring anything catastrophic, because once again, I am playing Darren on a bad week. Not only did he sustain um, kind of benchings and bye weeks, but uh, I get my two best players back in Burrow and Lamar. So I am looking forward to that. you afraid that your team is uh, looking forward to playing Murphy Street and they're going to overlook this game? Ooh, like a trap game, maybe. Yeah, you're looking on to the next week. Yeah, I think so. That could happen. Maybe they just had a buy, but but no, I'm lucky because Joe and Lamar just had a buy. So I mean, they're, they're prepping so much for this next game. So I have the luxury. So I'm like, all right, you players, you keep practicing, you keep studying, but let me be arrogant. Look onto Max because you're absolutely right. I, I'm I'm not even looking at this week. I'm only focusing on Murphy Street Empire Week 12. Like I, he beat me once, but he, he's not going to do it again. I, I think I'm going to get him. I think you guys are going to play three times this year. Ooh, I don't. I don't know. I don't we'll think see. that's a hot take. I know. Well, I'm trying to do it for the drama, but let's continue and talk about a game that might be a little bit closer than uh, Darren and I. And now we're going to be talking about the, well, I guess it depends on the vibes, but the Southern Oregon Smoke versus the Philadelphia Yellowhawks. Right now, hopefully this week could be a little bit of more of a get right game because now um, Southern Oregon Smoke should definitely have another quarterback with Mac Jones being able to return to the lineup. But right now, projections does favor the Yellow Hawks. So what are some of your takeaways here, Greg? Uh, I think Mike is going to get obliterated. Waddle, <laughs> Waddle and Ken Walker on by. So that's not great. And like Ingram and Kaseki, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if he's been playing them, but they're also out. So, I mean, he gets his quarterback back, but he loses two starters. Um, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think Philly has any. Mike Evans is on by, I guess. Oh, how about Other elite Jeff Wilson? Yeah, okay, but I don't think they've been playing him anyway. No, he he. I don't Can think we he's trust cracked the starting lineup. Yeah, I don't know. I 
mean, I think you could trust him now. I mean, he scored, what, 14 points immediately when he got there, and he just delivered a 20-point game. I'm not saying it's going to be super consistent, but you, you got to feel a little bit good with that. Maybe it's just the the name scared me. Yeah, Jeff I, I def- Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> if it was like a hot basic. rookie, I'd be like, oh my God, you got to put him in your flex. Yeah, if he was like Tyler Algier and he was he was doing that, he'd be like, oh man, it's taking off. <laughs> oh, but yeah. it's Jeff Wilson. And I I mean, I picked him yeah. up and I, I couldn't sell him to anyone because he's, he's Jeff Wilson and everyone knows what he is. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, the, I think he'll be solid, but yeah, I don't think they're counting on him, let's say, for sure. to, to win. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a pretty easy win for Philly. I mean, Mike has... Cam Akers in there right now, which can't feel Ooh. good. Like you have to start even Kenneth Gainwell over him. I guess oh, actually Gainwell hasn't been doing anything either. <laughs> Caleb Hunt, He's really maybe. stuck on a rock in a hard place I right don't now. Know. Oh Isaiah boy. Spiller? No, none oh. of these guys are scoring any points. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Akers is the play. You, you gotta hope that he I think the what I would do if I was in Mike's position, I would lie to myself. I'd be like, all right, they Rams just lost Cooper Cup. Akers like pissed up a storm, but they're saying how he's integrating back. They're going to need him now more than ever. This is the game. Kind of how I'm lying to myself about Russell Wilson for what I have no shares in Denver. I just don't know why I think Russell Wilson's finally going to pop off. Maybe it's just because that's how lowly I think of the Raiders. But kind of like with that, if I was Mike, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is Cam Akers. He's, he's going to go nuclear for like eight points this week. It's going to be great. Maybe you should pick up sexy Rexy off uh waivers. Play him. <laughs> that might be better. I think it's safer. Like, I don't think he'll goose you. I think he'll get at least a couple points, a couple receptions, maybe. Like, don't listen. Lean hard into Acres. It's going to pay off. He's going to get, right now he's projected for 3.6. Nah, he's he's going to double that at least. All right, maybe that's too much. Too much. He's he's hit that mark twice this year. <laughs> I know, that that's when I'm kind of backtracking. I'm like, hold on. I might yeah. have, well, well, that was also when they had uh, Cooper Cup and when he was kind of being a little bit of a butthole. I mean, he still kind of is a butthole, so I guess that doesn't really change things there. But I definitely agree with you. I am favoring the Yellowhawks just because right now it is a really tough bye week to be able to face them. So is this going to be the week when we kind of look at this game now where the Dubrovnik Dragons respond because uh, they are going to be going up against the Dallas Strip, who, remember, just lost Dallas Goddard uh, for at least definitely the next game. I think he's probably going to be put on IR. We'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I think this game should easily be in favor of the dragons, even though they just had that slight hiccup and they withstood a couple of injuries. Yeah. I mean, Welch isn't, he only has one quarterback this week as well. Lawrence is on by, I think, yeah, I definitely think Brett can, can win. He doesn't have any major players missing right now. Um, probably a push at quarterback. Like he definitely has better running backs because Malcolm Brown is still in there. And I think he's on the <laughs> practice squad. So I don't think he's even going to be in the stadium or maybe I guess he's in the stadium. I don't know. I don't know what practice squad guys do. Do they even get tickets to the game? <laughs> I actually don't even think they do. I yes. bet they don't. They're like, just so stay he's going to be home. He's not even going to be just on his Orleans. couch. He's going to be yeah. looking through his sleeper app to be like, God, is anyone starting me this week? That'd be hilarious. Yeah. So I might be scoring as many points as him this week. Probably just as likely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's probably Brett across the board. I don't yeah. really know that like mate. Well, he hasn't replaced Ertz and Fournette, so he's got to put some guys from his bench in there for sure. Um, but I How think about, that, uh, do you think there's going to be a huge uptick for Ben Skoranek? Honestly, like not as a joke, because he was oddly, I'm not saying, oddly, I mean, he's obviously not had any relevant 
fantasy games that you would want him in. But once again, that's because their offense was like 90% Cooper Cup. They obviously lose Cooper Cup. A lot of people think, hey, well, Allen Robinson will step up. But hey, maybe it could be Skoranek who turns into the black hole target guy. Um, it's a stretch, right? You're, it's a stretch. you're reaching there, I think. I'm, like try, I, hey, I'm trying to put a good, I'm trying to put a good face for every team, man. Trying to yeah, I, I mean, I would say I think there's more of a chance that they get shut out this week. Then there is like it, if if they are going to like maintain the same level of offense that they have, I think it's just going to be even across the board. You know, like a little uptick for everyone. Um, Brett has Van Jefferson, so maybe he gets an uptick. Although I think he's still coming back, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just think their whole offense is going to be putrid. To be honest, like I, I don't think they're going to really replace that production. I think. Stafford's going to be under pressure a lot because he's not going to have mm-hmm. like a you know quick pass to cup. Like he's not he doesn't have that faith. He's not going to trust to make a quick throw. He's going to have to like take an extra second and just get hit. And yeah, I think the whole offense is a downgrade for me. I don't think any of these guys. Maybe Allen Robinson, I guess I don't know, but I think it's probably a downgrade for most of them. For sure, for sure. All right, we are going to continue the last game, the PDL game of the week. All eyes on the defending champion. The Murphy Street Empire is featured prominently against the Hollywood Hustle. This should be a great game, especially a lot closer than most people might think because Murphy Street Empire has a lot of buys to a lot of their good role players this week. Uh, And I feel rude saying that because I know his team is littered with superstars. So if I say a player that should probably be more deserving of the superstar title, I'm going to just relegate them to role player because that's just how great the Murphy Shirt Empire is built. But Chris Godwin is on by. Um, Tyler Lockett has been on, or not has been, sorry, will be on by. And this is someone that Max went out and traded for earlier this season who's been a solid contributor as soon as he got him. And then, of course, just to kind of round out the additional buys that he has is also big wide receiver one i think so far in tyreek hill and christian kirk who's also been uh just had pretty uh what 27 point game so he's also been great so that's a lot of buys so a lot of role players so i know hollywood just lost um cooper cup which is going to really hurt them a lot because i know brian refers to him as the heartbeat of that team which is absolutely true but do you think that uh hollywood has enough to be able to pull off this upset right now against the Murphy Street Empire because they have so many buys to so many of the role players. I yeah, I don't know. It like um do we think Mark Andrews is going to play? I think that's a huge question for me. Like if he plays, I think they have a decent shot to pull off a win. I think this will definitely be the closest game because it looks like if Max doesn't make any additions or, you know, waiver pickups, he's going to have to start Elijah Moore as his wide receiver three, and wow. he doesn't have a catch since week five. So, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was that bad. Uh, he's goosed three weeks in a row that he's actually played, even if we ignore the week where he was off. And so, the I mean, best game he had up to this point was week one, where he had 7.4 against Baltimore. That was like the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, they, they're talking they're going to move him to the slot, but I don't know that that. Like the the issue is not him not being good outside. He's getting open. They're just not passing the ball at all. And when they do pass, they're not passing to him. So I don't know. It's kind of a weak. I mean, I'm a huge Elijah Stan, but I, this season I think it's it's done for him. So uh, that might be a zero going in 
to his wide receiver three. Um, yeah, he's got some extra tight ends in there. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like Brian, like if I'm looking at it, I think Brian's team looks better to me this week, to be honest. Although if Justin Fields does, he's playing Atlanta. Like, can he drop 50? I was going to say, I'm comfortably picking MSC. Is that that disrespectful to say? Like, I I have been very disrespectful towards Hollywood, which is not intentional. It's just at face value. I don't know. I, it's not just even the respect that I have. I think the W's that you see on, if you weight them, um, is a little bit more in the favor of Murphy street. So how about you go player by player or not player by player, sorry, position by position, like Darren typically does and picks a side. And then maybe that could give us a little bit of a clearer picture to see which way we lead. Yeah. So I'll do quarterbacks first Prescott at Minnesota hurts at Indy fields at Atlanta and Tannehill at green Bay. I mean, it's pretty easily max for me. Because I don't think like Fields is projected at 19 points. He's going to score more than that, I think, against Atlanta. Uh, that game's probably not going to be very close. Although maybe they just get so far ahead, and their both teams are running the ball so much that the game is done. Like when all the other games are <laughs> at halftime, like is that a possibility that the game just doesn't That's last? So is dude. That would make Arthur Smith yeah. so happy. He's like, dude, I one o'clock game. I was like, dude, I want to be home for dinner, and my wife wants dinner at like three o'clock, and they'll be like, all right, all right, boss, we can make that happen. Yeah, they should put that game on Thanksgiving so they can get done early and <laughs> get home for turkey. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's max for me. Um, running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon versus Patterson and Foreman. I mean, this clearly feels like max, but Jonathan Taylor's not been good and he's going against Philly, although it, I think Davis is out, right? So like that has been a big hit for their defensive line. Yeah, the Eagles have really been struggling. I don't want to say struggling with the run, but um, when you watch the games, you can definitely tell that that's going to be the weak point because we play a lot of smaller personnel. And so we kind of, it's by scheme. It's not that we can't stop the run. It's just we prefer them to run. Um, And so because of that, it's not as like... In the past, anytime I hear other fantasy podcasters like, oh, it's against the Eagles, so you you can't play anyone. I'm like, well, you can. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor is coming off of a pretty solid game. Once again, it is against the Raiders, so I guess you could put a little bit of an asterisk to it. But he just went off for 147 yards. And so that's not bad. I know he's had a pretty slow start, but maybe this Jeff Saturday kind of team now relies a lot more on the run than in the past. So that could be a good recipe to be able to beat the Eagles again. Yeah, I, I think it's max advantage here, but I just I, I keep going back to what Darren said around like Brian's team on paper is not sexy, but like at the end of the day, Foreman has had multiple good weeks now. Like I mean, I, he also did them against Atlanta, but still, like he's going to be he's getting a lot of touches. Like he's looked pretty good, I would say. And Patterson's always involved for Atlanta, and if they're trying to keep up with Chicago. He could land up getting a lot of catches potentially. So I could see him being involved there and being kind of necessary. So I think like the matchups are better for Brian's team than they are for Max's team. I don't know. um, For Brian, normally I would agree. He does have these unsexy players that contribute. But the fact that Deontay Foreman is against Baltimore, I'm just out. I'm, I'm so easily out. And it's really easy to be influenced on the big blow games beat by Deontay Foreman. Uh, His biggest blow up obviously was in Atlanta in week eight. Uh, where he scored 31 points, then against a decent 
defense, like the Bengals, he scored three, and then he got to play the Falcons again, and he scored 19 points, and now he's about to play good defense. I'm not saying he's only going to score three points, but I think he's going to be closer to the three than he is to like the 20 to 30 points where he faces against Atlanta. And the uh, matchups are definitely a little bit rougher on Max's side, but I think the talents are finally going to bring it all together. I, I, I know it's really cliche to say, but the vibes in Indy sounds a little bit better. Um, a lot of the players even said how they enjoy the energy that Jeff Saturday is bringing, which is kind of reinvigorating at least that offensive line, which was projected to be a top offensive line, but they've really been struggling. I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday came in and changed all that because as a head coach, I really doubt he's really changing anything fundamentally, but at least just with that momentum and change, maybe that's enough to kind of really big bring Jonathan Taylor back. Because if you look at this team, that team is only going to go as far as Jonathan Taylor takes them. So I feel like with that in mind, even with Matt Ryan there, um, being able to rely on someone like that against the Eagles could be a pretty good recipe to have a pretty decent game. And yeah, Joe Mixon uh, against Pittsburgh, that defense is completely different with J.J. Watt. Or, sorry, not J.J., T.J. Watt. And so um, that could also be a recipe to be shut out too. But once again, I think just because of that matchup with Deontay Foreman against Baltimore really causes a lot of hesitation. And then uh, maybe I am just looking at brand names rather than looking at the nitty gritty. But Kind of, I know you're kind of hesitantly siding with Max on this one. Uh, I am. I'm not saying I'm definitively on his side for this one, but I'm. I think I'm a little bit more comfortable on his side here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm trying to skew it a bit more towards this year. Like JT and Mixon, for sure, bigger name, better talent. But agreed. I'm not. I'm not too scared about Baltimore. Like I think Baltimore's offense might not score that much on the Carolina defense. Like Cincinnati lit them up, and I don't think Baltimore has that firepower. So I don't think that game's going to be like a boat race. So I think Foreman can get carries uh, even late in that game. And the Baltimore defense is kind of like, I don't know. They're always good, but sometimes they don't show up. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, after they got Roquan, man, they I feel like they just took it to another level. But that, once again, that could just be me Isn't being biased. I do. Yeah, I mean, like, even in that one week, um, the upgrade that you're able to see was pretty substantial, at least what I've been able to see from that game. I wa- I try to watch a lot of Baltimore games as much as I can because having Lamar on my team, naturally, I feel like I'm a Baltimore fan all of a sudden. But I feel like their defense has been one of their strengths this entire season because Lamar kind of hit this lull, especially because they lost so many, I guess, offensive players, uh, which has always been the norm in Baltimore. They never have, like, a pass catcher there outside of Mark Andrews, and even Mark Andrews has been banged up. So they've really been relying on their defense and the defense has really been coming through. And now they added who was an all pro last year and was leading the bears in tackling before he got traded. And he immediately started to contribute a lot more than I thought. And like you said, he's only been there one week. Calm down, Tommy. Um, but no, it's, it's actually impressive to see how quickly an off ball linebacker like that is able to adjust, but it's because he is a perfect scheme fit for Baltimore. And that's why I feel like they went aggressively over for him. So for all those reasons, I just trust the defense more than the talent and opportunity of Foreman. But once again, I've been disrespecting Hollywood all this way. So I'm most likely wrong. They're sitting at seven and three and they just beat me. So maybe it's a little bit of saltiness coming through. But um, still, even for all those reasons, I definitely side with Max, not just in the quarterback room, but in the running back room as well. But what does the wide receiver room look like? Yeah, so Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and what I assume will be Elijah Moore versus Debo. Nico Collins and Alec Pierce. Um, this one pretty clearly for me is Hollywood. Um, I don't think it's very close. I, you know, Cooper's going up against Buffalo. And if, if it snows in that game, like the forecast said, I mean, they're probably wrong. But anyway, like that's not a good matchup 
with without snow. So I, I can see them just trying to run the ball. Allen Robinson, like I said, Buffalo I think Buffalo's going to be playing pretty pissed off too, huh? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be uh, they're going to be too happy with last week's game. Exactly, and, they're they're going to try to make a statement. Yeah, and Robinson's going up against New Orleans, and like I said, like I think Marshawn Lattimore's playing right. I, he was hurt at some point, I thought maybe, mm-hmm. but um, if he's on Allen Robinson, I think that's going to be he could just lock him down the whole game. And I, like I said, I think that offense is going to be terrible. So I, I don't have a lot of optimism there. And then Elijah Moore, like I said, has goosed three of the last weeks that he's played. So a new moving to a new position in the slot, like mid season doesn't make me feel good. And I think it's going to be a low volume offense anyway. And then Debo, I mean, I know he hasn't been what he has been, what he was last year, but he's still a good receiver and he could still be, involved i think they're kind of like defining his role a little bit now that cmc's there so i don't think he's going to get a lot of stuff out of the backfield so like how do they use him and mccaffrey together um but i think shannon will figure it out and nico collins is a guy that i like and now he's back to healthy he put up 13 points last week i think he can be involved because texans are going to get boat raced every week and they're going to need to pass the ball yeah no i absolutely agree houston texans are definitely gonna have to keep up with the bomber Noah's Heineke. I mean, if he plays, I feel like they should. He's just so much more fun to watch. But yeah, continue. Yeah, so I think I like Nico Collins. I think he could be good. Um, and the matchup is pretty decent this week. And Alec Pierce has been underrated. And if Ryan's back, I think he'll be involved. He did just goose, though, to be fair, because I know you're talking about how Elijah Moore gooses, well, obviously, way more frequently. But it's only fair to also bring up that Alec Pierce did goose. No receptions on two targets. Yeah, I think... I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be scoring a bunch of points, but I think he's more reliable than Elijah Moore at this point. So if I if I look at the first two and just ignore Pierce versus Moore, I still think it's Hollywood for me, uh, but I'm also an Amari Cooper hater, and I don't think he's a very good receiver, even though he somehow gets yards all the time. Um <laughs> He defies logic to you. You're like, oh, wow, he was terrible this game. You look at the stat line, you're like, how did he have eight catches? Yeah, I don't know. He has 1,000 yards every year, and every year I look at him, he just doesn't seem good, and he just keeps doing it. So clearly I'm wrong, but I don't know. That's just my view of, of him. All right, so you're siding with Hollywood here. How about the tight end room? I know this is kind of where it gets a little bit spotty because uh, Mark Andrews might play, might not play. I think he is going to play, but just because I think that doesn't mean it's going to be true. Yeah, Sleeper's telling me that he's likely to play um, next week. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to lean towards that. I think he will play. And because coming off the bye week, I think he's had time to rest up and he he should be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's, this is the advantage Hollywood needs, too. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge advantage. Like on Sleeper, it's almost double what Foster Moreau is currently forecasted at. So he, it looks like he did switch Foster Moreau in for Kyle Pitts and then move Kyle Pitts to a flex spot, which is in the world of fantasy football, a demotion, I believe. Oh man. How do you think Kyle Pitts is going to respond to? Oh no, no, don't worry. We'll talk about that when we talk about the flexes. But uh, as of right now, I think we both agree easily going to be siding with Mark Andrews here, which is uh, have to be weighted a little bit heavily because uh, Mark Andrews should also be seen in a similar light of the ace up the sleeve, like a Travis Kelsey. Well, at least maybe not up to this season because he has been a little bit disappointing, but if he does play it looks like baltimore will definitely uh need to rely on because they don't have many other pass catchers so what do the flexes look break down to yeah so we have 
uh, Jamal Williams and Kyle Pitts versus Gus Edwards and James Conner. So, yeah, I think Jamal Williams, my feeling about him is I think Swift is still going to play, but he just kind of is like a tertiary piece. Like, I, I don't really understand what they're doing. He's like a mirage. I don't understand. Like, he's on the field randomly, and you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I forgot he's still on the f- like on this team, and when you see him, you're like, oh, he's kind of good, and then he just kind of disappears, and you're like, oh, okay, he, I guess he didn't exist. I think they're, like, saving him, or, but they're not going to make the playoffs. I think so, so like, too. It's kind of gonna, like a lost season, Yeah, right? I think they're just sort of going to give Williams most of the work, but then also Swift can come in and, like, vulture anything. Like, he could vulture a goal line touch. He could vulture, like, he could take the ball, at like, the 50-yard line and run for a touchdown as well. So a little bit downgrade on Jamal now that Swift is back uh, and they're splitting the work. Although I still think he's going to be the lead back. And then I was going to say, and it's also ironic because Max has both Swift and Willie. Yeah. So he has to decide who's going to get the touchdown each week. Um, I think he's been starting Jamal over Swift. So I think he, he feels that way. Although, like if I just look at the little bit of snap share, it's going up for Deandre Swift. So if it continues at this trend, he should be around 50% of snaps. Although it just seems like he's not back to full health, so I don't know what they're going to do. Um, and not just that, but Williams is admittedly also getting the more valuable touches, maybe not in context of pass catching all the time, but just the snapshot he gets has been higher. And definitely in the goal line, there's not really been any more reliable running back than him because that's what Campbell likes. If you're in the goal line, he's just going to like smash it in with Williams over and over again. And why shouldn't he? I feel like Williams has like 500 touchdowns already. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think he's solid. Like he, his last two weeks, 10 points, 11 points, I think that's basically what he is. Like he gives you a nice baseline, mm-hmm. but I think his upside is going to be capped a bit with DeAndre Swift in the lineup, just taking some Completely of the work. Completely agree. And then Kyle Pitts, I have said, like he's an incredible talent. Cheat code at the tight end position, except the control is broken and they don't know how to use him and they can't get the ball to him. And yeah, it just... He's projected for nine points. I don't think he's going to hit nine points because they just don't pass the ball. And when they do, it misses. So not a lot of. I think that's the big concern with Mariota because back even in his college days and as he's developed as a pro, the big knock on Mariota is he doesn't really throw with too much anticipation. Um, But I'm sure the Oregon guys know this much more than I do. But from just my film study, he likes to throw to who he perceives and sees as open. And Kyle Pitts could absolutely get the separation, but he's also gigantic. So he's very good at winning what you would think are these 50-50 balls, which he naturally doesn't get many targets of just because of how Mariota plays the quarterback position. So it's almost like a recipe for disaster. And I mean, Drake London is the same. I mean, he can separate too. Same exact thing. He's like big and also good at contested catches and also getting open, but he still doesn't get the ball. So... Yeah, I don't know. Kyle Pitts. So they're both playing essentially like the same role. Yeah, I mean, they, they line up in different positions. And... You're not going to have Pitts in there to be like, oh, primary, just play 80% of snaps and all I want you to do is block. Like if you have Pitts, you're just going to have them run routes. But what really differentiates London and Pitts when you really break it down? Because they both almost profile as like an X receiver because they're really big, can play outside the numbers if you need to. But because Kyle Pitts' designation is a tight end, he tends to do more intermediate things. And then once again, you get to Mariota and just the type of throws he likes to make. They're both essentially schemed the same way. And with Arthur Smith, he's not spending too much time thinking of different passing concepts, especially when he wants to do this smash mouth type of offense. Yeah, so I 
I, I just I don't think it's going to change for the rest of the year for Pitts, and I think he's going to be so you would just unreliable. straight up you would not start Pitts for the rest of the year. Um, well, he has some buys this week, so maybe not. But honestly, like if Zeke plays, maybe I play Zeke over Pitts, definitely, probably. Um, but yeah, like I just I don't know. It's frustrating to watch him, like on any given play, he could take the ball to the house and just you know like eighty yard touchdown and save your week. But I think the chances of that are just becoming lower and lower as you go on. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on him for the year. Like long-term career-wise, still top two tight end. But yeah, I think it's it's hard to trust him. Like how many times does he have to break your heart before you bench him? I mean, there's not many other better options this week. But yeah, I've, yeah it's rough. I was just going to add, that's why I feel like he's been such a destructive player in fantasy because normally if you have someone that disappoints as much, you won't continue to put him in the starting lineup, but because you have this idea of what Pitts can be, it's hard to kind of sit him on your bench, but he just continually does it. So it's kind of similar to what we're saying with Jeff Wilson earlier. Just take out Pitts's name and just call him like Bob Smith and then look at the game logs and then you'll be like, yeah, there's no way I'm playing this guy. But because it is Kyle Pitts and he was drafted, what, like second overall or something crazy like that. Um, he is essentially going to be locked and loaded. And it looks like the Murphy Shirt Empire, though, is slowly getting the message after uh, the notice that you put in the PDL chat. So uh, you're helping out the defending champ. I don't know how I feel about it. But um, yeah, I feel like with it all broken down, does that kind of help you out on where you're leaning? Um, I still think it's going to be close. Like I, like I, Like I said, I think Brian's team... It's not sexy, but then every week they come in and like it's competitive. And I think they get closer. Like Connor, now they I mean they dropped, you know, like straight up dropped him. So Connor's probably gonna get most of the work. And he's gonna be good. Gus Edwards should be coming back off of the injury now that the he had the bye week to heal up. Like he can be involved. So I don't know. I just think it's sneaky. Although I, I do think if I had to pick one side, it would be Max. I just think it's uh fields it's gonna blow up again and have like 40 something points and then you can't overcome that i don't think yeah i agree i i'm not saying i'm comfortably like oh yeah it's absolutely going to be next or max and not even be uh close but um it is something that i do feel a little bit more comfortable for being able to make that decision and so game of the week that's kind of what we predict i feel like max is going to be able to continue even though he has so many buys on his role players i know this was a little bit longer of an episode but hey it's always more fun when i get to be able to have a nice little podcast with a surprise guest host but hey i think you're you might be able to supplant darren on this man i, I gotta hear the feedback from uh the listeners, but before we come to an end, um, have anything else you want to add there, bud? Uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'd like to apologize for my unprofessional behavior of making this podcast take double the normal length. Oh man. I think my connection is getting real spotty because now of course it's cutting out a little bit, but Greg, if you can hear me, I appreciate you being able to jump on. I mean, what timing for it to now slowly start to crash on us. We didn't have that many technical difficulties with this one uh, this time around, just a little bit beforehand. But um, I feel like uh, this is as good as it's going to get. But uh, until next time, guys, take care.
Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.